Hey everyone, this is Christian Pepe with First Equity Funding. And as always, I have Anthony and Corey with me here today. And today's topic uh, for our podcast is kind of a little bit more of an open forum. I think rather than go with a specific to- topic, we were just going to uh, kind of maybe uh, discuss the current state of, fa- of affairs in the real estate market. Um, you guys, I would say, are, are the ones that are probably most in the forefront with, with clients and, and our, our borrowers who are you know, coming to us for, for different hard money transactions. What are, you guys, what are you guys seeing out there? Well, we've seen a big shift this year in particular from, you know, historically, we've always been a fix and flip first company. Uh, you know, a few years ago, we introduced the, the, uh, the rental loans that we do, the no-doc rental loans, which had always been popular. But I, I would say this year in particular, you know, that's become the lion's share of our business. Mm-hmm. Um, I think really driven by the fact that home affordability you know, is just, is, is almost, is non-existent. I mean, the prices are through the roof. So finding deals that make sense uh, to fix and flip, they're, they're, they're getting harder to find. So a lot of, a lot of investors are pivoting to more rental property strategies. Okay. And what do you think makes the, like, you know, cause you're saying that, va- you know, home prices are going up. So how do you think investors are still like making sense of, of buying a property and getting it to cash flow? There's definitely been some investors where I feel like the, the market shift upwards has helped them. You know, so you mm-hmm. have a $20,000 overage, but then your end price just went up by 50000 over the six months that you were fixing the thing. So, oh, you're saying I like think fix and flips? You're them, saying yeah, like short term, but kind of rising tide raises all boats, all boats yeah. kind of thing? Yeah, but I think we're now, we're, I don't know what we were just saying before we started this. I mean, a little bit, kind of, we're seeing a slowdown on the realtor side of things and as far as open houses and it seems like things. Yeah, I mean, I, I would just say locally, you know, we're in the New Jersey market, you know, our office is at the Jersey Shore um, and it's, you know, been pandemonium here since, you know, COVID kind of coming out of COVID. A lot of people, you know, have a lot of, you know, Manhattan or New York money uh, that has kind of shifted, you know, the whole work from home kind of thing. And I, and I think more recently, you're, you know, I think, I think a lot of people, and this is more anecdotal, just, you know, people that I know that work in the city, maybe I think we're thinking that they were going to be home for a longer period of time than, than they were. And, and, you know, in the financial markets, I, I feel like, you know, the, the big uh, financial firms are, are starting to pull people back quickly. So I'm wondering if that, if we're starting to see that shift, because again, locally, and, you know, we're in Southern Monmouth County. So, you know, Ocean Monmouth County, a lot of agents that I work with uh, in, the, in the past couple weeks, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, middle to end of July right now, have said that, that things have really started to slow down a little bit and they're starting to see less people at open houses, how's the sitting, not really seeing the bidding wars, that kind of thing. So, so it'll be interesting to see, but I mean, but getting back to, you know, talking about like the rental strategy and you, know, you guys are saying you're seeing that, that shift. Um, how do you think you just, you know, are we seeing rent, I guess rent increases as well as what's helping the cash flow kind of work? Yeah. Well, I mean, as we know, anybody who's been to a supermarket lately or, you know, buy who's tried to buy a host of other things sees the inflation. Um, you know, the, the fed and the government's calling it transitory, like a temporary kind of thing. But when you inject literally trillions upon trillions of dollars into the system, you know, at prices rise and that includes rents. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, I just saw, I saw an article the other day, particularly, and it's funny because you mentioned an article about rents in primary markets going up and I was reading something totally different about rents in secondary and tertiary markets also going up. Mm-hmm. And I guess the point is, is rents are going up across the board, just like, you know, the, the cost of housing, right? Just like everything else is going up. And so that's, if you're on the other side of that as the landlord, um, that certainly helps you. Um, 
combat the fact that you're buying a property for a more inflated price, but you're also probably getting a little bit more in rents, at least in the short term. And then and then interest rates, right? I mean, even our rates, I mean, obviously, you know, the conventional rates have have been low and have remained low, a little bit more volatility the past couple of months than, than maybe what we saw, you know, at the middle to end of last year. But, you know, there's there's this whole market of this private DSCR lending that that we're doing. And, you know, we've seen, you know, there is secondary markets have opened up. There's an appetite for these for these loans. And we've seen, you know, our interest rates come in considerably. So I guess price, you know, values going up, but, you know, interest rates coming down and rents going up has still made it made it make sense. And I know, like, you know, Corey, for example, you you do a lot with uh, investors that are working in other parts of the country. I mean, you know, we, we laugh about the, you know, how much property taxes are in, in the tri-state area. You know, we look at some of these these deals that investors are doing maybe in the middle part of the country. And $800. You see like $800 for, for taxes, right? And you're like taking a, a, a triple take at that where uh, that could be, you know, the monthly tax. A month tax or a year, of, yeah. That could be a monthly yeah. tax amount in New Jersey. Right. Um, so that's interesting too. Yeah, especially when you got rents that are, you know, not crazy high like they're here in New Jersey, but they're nine fifty thousand, eleven hundred, not eleven hundred. You got a little two family, you're paying twelve hundred in taxes. I mean, right? It, it makes a huge difference at the bottom line. Sure. You know, with the, you know, not, not to pull a Rogan on you, but pull that pull that mic up. But oh, sorry. Okay, too uh, too far, uh, away. far away. Sorry. But yeah, it's a big difference between like eight thousand in taxes in New Jersey for a two family versus you know, there's a lot more opportunities I think in other parts of the country, which we're kind yeah. of seeing a lot of movement too. And as we've expanded nationally and we've, we've lent in, I don't know, at, at probably most of the states around the country, coast to coast, um, one of the things I'm realizing lately is that in New Jersey or the tri-state area for that matter, I always talk to borrowers about, you know, maybe start looking at multifamily property, right? Like a two, three or four unit is usually going to cash flow better uh, than a single family home for the reason that, you know, a four unit property isn't four times the cost of a single family, but you are getting four extra mm-hmm. rents. Um that that seems to work here, but you know we've done a lot of deals lately. I'm just thinking of like Oklahoma, Missouri, Mississippi, Louisiana, where you can buy a brand new or single family home, fully renovated, for two hundred thousand dollars, and the taxes are nothing, the insurance is very little, and they cash flow great. Yeah, and so that like that's we're seeing that's a, probably a good strategy, mm-hmm. um, you know, in those parts of the country, and I think even better. In the sense that those are that those single family homes are really the ones seeing that price appreciation. Mm-hmm. So not only are you having properties that cash flow that would never cash flow in the Northeast, but they're also you know appreciating in value fairly quickly. Yeah, and and you know mentioning the appreciation, I, I think there is a, in especially like the New Jersey or tri-state market. Sometimes it is a little bit of an appreciation play, right? Like I was on the phone with an investor just literally a few minutes ago who focuses in you know in Monmouth County, and and he likes you know, focusing on townhomes or condos where there's really not a lot of maintenance and, you know, he's okay. And he's like, look, admittedly, I don't make the, you know, as much of a cash return, but he's like, I feel like I'm buying, you know, maybe nicer properties that I think are in markets that might have the ability to appreciate a little bit more. And he thinks he'll get higher rents and, you know, arguably maybe better tenants. Um, you know what I mean? And, and he's okay getting a little bit less of a monthly return, feeling better about the property. So it's interesting to see how everybody, you know, approaches it a little bit well, differently. In real estate, I mean, you're always, I mean, the best way to do things, I think, is buying in the path of progress. So, like, a lot of these areas, like, you're outside of Charlotte and kind of these sub-markets. I mean, there's not going to be properties selling for 125000 150000 forever. You mm-hmm. know, like, they're, we see property values here in New Jersey just go through the roof and stuff getting close to a million. Yeah. In areas that, that you know, we didn't see that coming for 
Yeah. I mean, you go to years back, you're still buying stuff for 400,000, 500,000. Now Middletown, you have stuff selling for eight, 900,000. Yeah. So it's like just seeing that big gap between 900,000 and then you go, go to a different state where the area is just as nice. Mm -hmm. It's just lower values. So it's like, and I've had, you know, I've been with the company for a few years now. So I have op the opportunity to work with like different investors and mm -hmm. kind of keep working with those guys. And that's kind of what people are doing. They're just going to other parts of the country, it seems like, just to, to find those yeah. you know, opportunities. Yeah. No, I mean, yes, people certainly have uh, you know, a handle on different different submarkets. Um, the other thing is, like, I would say the Airbnb play, right, is kind of an interesting interesting thing, too. And, you know, I know recently, you know, we've kind of expanded our guidelines and we are now, you know, uh, we, for a while there, and especially coming off of COVID, you know, not knowing with travel restrictions, things like that, what those, you know, short-term rentals were going were gonna to look like. But now, you know, we're starting to see, um, you know, we're getting more comfortable that that, that market is, you know, that, that rental income is okay. And, um, and you could really, you know, knock it out of the park if you, if you, you know, and again, it's a, it's a great opportunity, particularly in high cost areas, like maybe parts of Southern Florida or the Northeast, where in, in our neck of the woods, if you find a single family home, it's just not going to cash flow, right? It's just not. But if you want to do an Airbnb play on it, of course, it's a little bit more management intensive and it's more of like running a business maybe as opposed to real estate, but that property is going to cash flow at that point. Um, and then, and so that's, that's a good way for, um, if you want to invest in your own backyard mm -hmm. and, and you can't afford or don't want to get into like a eight or 10 unit apartment building, maybe buying a, a vacation rental at the shore is, is something that's more appealing yeah. and we can now finance it too, which, which makes, you know, capital for those, for those yeah. deals even more accessible. Yeah. So, I mean, I think in summary, I mean, yeah, obviously the, the long-term rental strategy is really working right now for a lot of people. I mean, I know we're the busiest with that we've, we've been, but, you know, getting back to talking about the, the fix and flip for, for a second, you know, it's definitely, I think we're seeing less of it and arguably because it's hard to find deals right now, right? Like, you know, people are just bidding things up so much. There's not as much meat on the bone for investors, but are you guys, what, you know, for the investors that are still finding fix and flips? I mean, what do you, what kind of projects are you seeing that, that make sense for people that they're able to, you know, to get done? I've been seeing the more creative projects. So the ones where you're adding a level mm -hmm. or maybe, Hey, I'm buying this lot with this one house where I'm going to, I'm going to renovate this house, but I can also subdivide the slot and build something next to it. Just really more creative deals like that. Right now, this is not the market where you're going to just go find a, a deal that needs 20,000, like paint carpets and, uh, and some landscaping and put it back. That, yeah, those just don't exist. It. Yeah. And this may be obvious, but I mean, a lot of stuff I'm seeing is like, you know, it's, it's off market deals. Also it's deals. To yeah. finding something listed that you can buy at a discount and then put money into and resell. Like those days are, I mean, it might be come back you soon, find it, but it's more of a diamond in the rough than right it is now. Like, yeah. yeah. Cause there's no, someone that that's going to come sense. from out of state or like we we're saying earlier, people, a lot of movement going on, people moving areas and they're going to come in and just overpay for it. Just, just cause they don't care. They're going to live there. It's not an investment. It's not yeah. flip, you know, but yeah, I, 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 I would say we were talking about the Airbnb vacation rental stuff. I bet you could go on the MLS right now and find a deal that would make a great Airbnb property mm -hmm. and, and the numbers would work great yeah. on the MLS. Yeah. So that's, that's like for, for, you know, if this is your first kind of foray into real estate, I mean, you can find deals that way on the MLS, but um, otherwise you got to just dig a little bit harder and find your fix and flips and, you know, direct or I'll just market. add to that. If, if you're looking at Airbnb type stuff, I mean, my, my first, stop would be going on airbnb.com going to that area and, and looking up rentals for myself and seeing like okay is there stuff available there's right. stuff booked right. two months out with nothing yeah. available yeah and that might be a good market for you to enter because obviously there's a shortage of right. rentals yeah
Yeah, getting back to the, I, t I totally agree. Um, but you know, getting back to the the fix and flip and finding opportunities. Yeah, I mean, a couple of people I'm working with, they're doing, you know, like you say, that when we talk about the Papa Tops, where you're doing a cape to colonial conversion. I think you just got to be, you got to just think outside the box, and you got to be okay with, you know, probably taking on a bigger project and that may not work for everybody. Um, but you know, if you're, if you're partnering up or JVing with somebody who could do the actual work, I think that's really pretty, pretty key right now. Um, you know, given the, the, how busy contractors are and given the cost of construction, um, I think is, I think is key. But, um, and we, and we, and that said though, we still, we know some big time flippers who right now are busy. They're doing all kinds of deals. And that's because they do things like they do their own advertising, their own direct mail. They have all these systems and processes in place. And it goes mm -hmm. back to the thing we always say, which is the harder and harder it is to find a deal, the better deals you're going to get. Because as as the barrier to entry gets like higher and higher, there's just fewer people going to do it. The part-timers right? are going to kind of like fade Just off putting and, a letter together yeah. and, and finding a mailing list and sending it out is just like, that's more than most people will ever do. Right. So just the fact that you do that at all, you're already saying ahead of kind of old school ways of just finding off-market deals. Yeah, right? whether it's direct mail or door knocking or whatever the case is, the harder it is, the better your deal is going to find because there's just less people competing with you. It's also sense. like a lot of like right place, right time. Like how many, how many deals do you know that it's just like, oh, the neighbor knocked my door and said, hey, by the way, like I have a house for sale like yeah. down the street, like, which are you interested? Like that's, I feel like it's like half the deals out there as a neighbor saying, Hey, well, it's be, yeah, it's just, it's being active. And, it's putting yeah. yourself out there, you know, not being afraid to, you know, talk to, talk to agents and, and letting people know what it is that you do and, and that you're, that you're a legitimate, I know in my experience, I mean, I kind of, my personal flips don't focus on it as much these days, but, um, but when I did, it was like, you know, you have to let people know what you do. And then when you get a deal done and an agent or, you know, a group sees that you're somebody that is legitimate, that actually can analyze a deal, give a quick answer, you know, value it, you know, diligence it quickly and properly. And that you're legit in the sense that you could actually get it closed. I mean, you know, there's a lot of a lot of knuckleheads out there, you know, the daisy chains of wholesalers and and things like that. And not that I mean, there certainly are good wholesalers, but I think personally that they're few and far, few and far between. Um, but when people realize that you're legitimate, I think you get more opportunities shown into you because right at the end of the day, people want to close. That's how they get paid. That's how they make their living. And they want to know that you're someone who can who can really pull the trigger. And that, that goes back to what I was saying earlier. Wholesaling is a zero barrier to entry thing. So that's usually a lot of like younger people's first foray into real estate is like, let me go tie up some contract and try to flip the contract to the end investor. Mm -hmm. And they have no idea what they're doing very, very often. And there's, there's no, you don't, maybe aside from putting some money down on a, on a deposit, there's no cash needed. So, right. um, so the good wholesalers are very few and, and far between and just, Going along that point, I mean, if you're talking to realtors, the best advice for any like new investor is like, just do what you say, say you're going to do. If somebody shows you a deal, either get back to them in a timely manner or most deals are not going to be for you. Get back to the realtor and say, hey, no. hey, this one's not for me because of this and this. Here's what I'm actually looking for. Yeah. And I know I just I, I sold a lot of multifamily, like big boy stuff. And if I had investors, when I sent them a deal, they got back to me in five minutes and said, hey, this is a little bit outside our target area. We're looking mostly in these counties. I would appreciate that 10 times more than other investors who couldn't clearly even define what it was. They don't even know what they're looking for. Right. Well, right. we're looking for good deals. We're looking for cap rates between six and 12. Like, 
That's not saying yeah, anything. Saying, yeah. You know, you really got to figure out what it is you're looking for and then and communicate that to whoever's bringing you deals. Yeah, and I agree. And give that feedback of, you know, I've worked with certain agents that, you know, quite honestly, probably didn't fully understand what a good deal was, right? And help educating that's them. That's the other too. side. You know, some, yeah. I mean, some, you know, realtors, that's their main focus. Some, it's not. Um, and, you know, but over time, they can start to really understand what, what makes sense for you as an investor. Yeah. So, cool. Where, um, you know, just to kind of, you know, wrap it up here in a minute, but where do you, if you had your crystal ball I and mean, where do you guys see things going, you know, let's say in the next, let's call it the next 12 months. Where, where do you think, where do you guys see the market? I think the Fed has their foot on the gas. The printing presses are running. So as long as they're printing money, as long as they keep rates pretty much pin where they are, um, I don't really see much difference. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, they're going to have, you know, just because inflation is, is now a real problem and mm-hmm. it's, it's going to continue to get worse. I think eventually what they should do is it really, I mean, if, from an economic sense is let rates, interest rates rise a little bit, mm-hmm. um, which, by the way, would be great for my generation, all the millennials who for, for so many, are, you know, homes are just unaffordable. Mm-hmm. That might make asset prices a little bit uh, more within reach. But um, I don't think they're going to change anything in the next 12 months. So I think we're going to see a lot of the same. Okay. No, because as a politician, it's a hard sell to say, listen, some people are going to have to lose their jobs. We're going to have to pull back a little bit. It's going to be some short-term pain. Nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. So they're just going to keep printing money and just kick the can down the road. Off the, off the races. Yeah. Stuff. So, I mean, I, I think that's going to be the real question. Like, the market may pull back a little bit. But you're saying you're seeing less activity. That's mm-hmm. to be expected, right? But I think the real, like, economic trouble yeah, I just I question, you know, what kind of information I mean, I'm wondering if this recent kind of slowdown and, and again, this is maybe it's summer. everybody out there might Busy not, weekend. you know, it's other nice markets out. may not be seeing exactly what I'm seeing. So I mean, this is a little bit, like I said, anec- anecdotal, but um, but I think the media, I think there's a lot out there that's starting to talk about housing bubble and things like that. So I do wonder if people are starting to pump the brakes a, a little bit, you know what I mean? seeing, if, seeing if things are overinflated and, you know, but that being said, I've seen people do that for the past couple of years and here they are, you know, I mean, if they had bought two or three years ago, they'd be in a way oh, better, man. you know, situation, have a ton of equity, you know, in their, in their house. So um, it'll be interesting to see, but I, I personally just think that, you know, the supply and demand thing is still a real issue. I mean, there still is really not that many homes on the market. So I think that really needs to change for there to be a, a, a shift. Well, home affordability is still a big issue, especially for, for younger people. I mean, you know, we saw in New Jersey, all the people leaving the city or from northern New Jersey moving down towards the shore area, um, you know, they were selling an inflated mm-hmm. an inflated house price. And so when they were buying, it was just trading one for one. But if you're buying your first home, I mean, I think right now you still have the issue of homes just being out of reach for, for some people. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's going to be a backlog of demand in that regard, I think. But um, how much higher can asset prices go? I mean, I really... It, it can't go on a tear forever. I right. mean, at some point. Yeah, you know. no. And you're seeing double digit price yeah. appreciation year over year is, you know, not And it's, it's a whole confluence of things, right? Mm-hmm. It was COVID. The interest rates were slashed. Mm-hmm. There was the flight out of the, out of like, you know, the Northeast, you know, whether it come into the suburbs in New Jersey or down to Florida, mm-hmm. um, you know, plus the limited supply, all that stuff. Has well, kind of got how, us many, where we are. how many of these, um, I guess banks that are kind of holding on to on their balance sheet, all these foreclosures, they kind of put a hold on because of COVID. Yeah, sure. The more foreclosure moratorium, how much of that inventory is going to, going to, going to hit the market. It's just be interesting to hold right now. Yeah. Yeah. What are are your thoughts on the next 12 months? I don't know. I mean, 
I, I don't think it could keep accelerating. I, I don't see a correction, but I don't see things. I, I think I, we start to see things flatten out a little bit. I think we're going to see, you know, some, some inflation in the, in the short term, but I think if the fed starts, does start trying to control that and starts to, you know, ease up on the, the mortgage backed security, you know, purchases that they're doing. And if they do start to raise short term rates, you know, raising short term rates could kind of, you know, negatively impact the equity markets. And I think you could start to see then 30 year fixed rates, even though the short term rates are going up, I think you could start to see them come in a little bit. Um, but I, I think it's relatively flat is, is my opinion. But, um, but, you know, for our investors out there, I think maybe if it flattens out, you might start to be able to get, you know, lower, less than full price offers accepted. Um, and I, I do not see rental demand, you know, going anywhere anytime soon. I think that continues to stay high. I think that continues to, to increase. Um, so for the, the long-term rental strategy, I, I think that continues to be a, a home run play for a while. So. But anyway, um, thanks, everybody. Thanks for, for listening. Hopefully uh, you find this interesting. For more information, please uh, reach out to us. Our email address is info at fefunding.com or www.fefunding.com. And our phone number is 732-359-7800. Thanks so much and uh, look forward to seeing you on the next podcast.